During this holiday season, we're using our favorite Christmas hymns as a springboard into some important themes of Advent and going straight to the Bible to rejoice in the reality that Jesus has come and He is coming again. Let heaven and nature sing. These are the songs of Advent, and we are Mercy Village Church in Barbersville, West Virginia. You can learn more at www.mercyvillage.church. We've been going through Christmas carols. Uh, We've been diving off of a diving board of Christmas carols into themes of Advent. And tonight we're going to close that series out. Tonight is a hymn that is not the most familiar, although many of us have probably heard it. It is, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It's quickly become one of my favorite Christmas hymns. It might not be the most well-known, but the story behind it is very interesting, and we're going to let us point us tonight to some of the themes of, of Advent. Primarily what we'll see is this, because of Jesus, God's promise of peace on earth, goodwill to men, rings louder than anything else. It might not be the only noise, but it rings louder than anything else. Else, Father, tonight, what we know not, please teach us. What we are not, please make us. And what we have not, please give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. On Friday, December 25th, 1863, we got a picture of him. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Good looking chap right there. You might know him, perhaps. I had to read it in school, but I was homeschooled. So it might not have been the same curriculum you were on. Paul Revere's Ride, I don't know if you remember that poem. Uh, he wrote that. He was a famous poet of the day. He wrote the, a poem called Christmas Bells, or what would become I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day on December the 25th, 1863. That was the day that it happened. Less than 10 years later, it would be set to music to be sung by people at Christmas time. The first stanza says this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The last line sounds so Christmassy for a reason, that is, right in the story of Christmas. And in the same region, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. Many of you will read this tomorrow morning or sometime during the day tomorrow. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and here's where it comes from, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The King James Version says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. So of course it sounds Christmassy when you hear it, but but Longfellow, right, like tis the season of peace on earth, but But Longfellow knew that that's not just a Christmas theme. It's not just for holiday Christmas cards. That is a theme of all of Christianity. In the very next stanza, he writes, 
and thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. This has always been the theme of Christianity. This has always been the theme of God's kingdom, that there would be peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That's always been the design. Since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that first promise that God made was one of the lineage of Eve would come a snake crusher who would crush the serpent, who would put things back the way that they were supposed to be. All through the Old Testament, you see this promise of the root of Jesse, this king of Judah that would come and sit on the throne and restore all things to right. Peace to come. A blessing for the nations. Emmanuel, God with us, would bring peace. The Hebrew word shalom, maybe you've heard that, appears over 200 times in the Old Testament. It's a theme. It is a Christmas theme and it is a biblical theme, shalom, peace on earth. And the Messiah would usher it in like never before. In fact, that's the promise of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This one's incredibly familiar. You hear this one at Christmas time all the time. For unto us a child is born. That's Jesus. For unto us a son is given. That's Jesus. And His name shall be called, this is it, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace is the promise of Scripture. And Jesus has come. He came, just like He promised. Before He came, it's a a Hebrew tradition, like, like the Hebrew people would greet one another saying, Peace be with you. That was historically the way they would greet one another. Peace be with you. When Jesus came, the angel said, peace is here. And do you know what Jesus' first words were to his disciples when he sees them after he raises from the dead? Peace be with you. There's peace. That's the promise. And so all the Christmas cards say peace on earth. Certain church traditions speak those words frequently. Peace be with you. But what about the Ukrainians? What do the Ukrainians know of peace on earth? What do the people in Myanmar know of peace on earth? What do the Syrians or the Somalians know of peace on earth? It's a fair question, right? All this peace on earth. Where's my peace on earth? Did you see my social media feed during the past election cycle? Wasn't a whole lot of peace there. Where's the peace? Hey, and if we're going to be real, and and why not be, right? There's no better place to be real than in the stinky stable with the horses and the cows and the sheep and what they do, their business. As the Messiah is born in the lowly place, there's no better time to be honest than right now. For some of us, it's been a tough year. We've buried people this year. We've battled anxiety this year. We've battled depression this year. We've been estranged from family and friends this year. We've fought battles both seen and unseen this year. 
Henry Wadsworth Longfellow got this. I want to read you the story of this song, just a little bit of it. Two years before writing this poem, 1861, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was awakened from a nap to a fire in his home. And as horrific, so horrific that it even is shocking the turn of events in this story that you're about to hear right now, it was his wife who was on fire. So she has one of those large dresses of the day, right? They're quickly realizing these are fire hazards, I guess. And she literally catches fire. Henry wakes up, sees his wife is on fire, grabs a rug, tries to put the fire out and can't. So he uses his own body to put out the flames. I don't have categories for this. He's successful in putting out the flames, but he's not successful in saving her life. She'll die the very next day. He'll bury his own wife. Two years before he writes this poem. Reason he has a beard and all the pictures that you know of him is because he had scars all over his face and shaving hurt. So he grew that majestic beard, but his burns were so severe he couldn't even go to the funeral of his own wife. During this season of time, Henry Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said that he feared, literally, that he would be put into an insane asylum because his grief was so heavy. Fast forward about a year and a half and he wakes up one morning and his son Charles Appleton Longfellow, the oldest of six, is nowhere to be found. He's left to join the war, to fight in the war. It won't be long after that, near Thanksgiving time, that he gets word that his son has been shot. That a bullet has entered into one of his shoulders and exited through the other and it's clipped his spine in the process. So they make their way, him for medical attention and and Henry to see his son to Washington, D.C., where he, he meets him there. On December the 5th, they finally see each other of 1963. He's told at first that his son will be paralyzed forever, but that turns out not to be true. He does regain, but it's a long, long journey. Six months, painful recovery. And less than three weeks after he hears this, Henry sits down to write this poem with a dead wife, with a painful process of healing for his own son who he thought he had lost in front of him, with his own country at war. And all the brutality of that point in history, he begins to write. By the time he gets to what is often sang as the third stanza, This is his conclusion, at least at this part. And in despair, maybe you feel this, and in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Have you ever been there? Maybe you were there today, maybe you are there this month. That's okay. Have you ever read the Psalms, right? Listen to the, listen to David. 
The man after God's own heart in Psalm chapter 13, he says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? That's in your Bible. You can be honest at Christmas. Have you forgotten me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Right? Like this doesn't get memorized in Awana. But it's there. Honesty with God. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. If this Christmas is nothing else for you, might it be an honest Christmas? Life can be brutal sometimes. Pain comes. It's real. Loss comes. Overwhelm comes. Fear comes. Betrayal comes. Strife comes. Brokenness comes. We've all experienced it. You don't have to pretend anymore. It's real. You certainly don't have to pretend like it's like it's not true here. You can be honest. Even if nobody else will acknowledge your trauma, I will today. And more importantly, God does. He inspires Paul to write these words in Romans. And they are just as true for us today. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. I got to find it first. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Groaning. Aching. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. My family members weren't supposed to die. My relationships weren't supposed to be so hard. My friendships were supposed to last forever. I wasn't supposed to be out of work at Christmas. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. And we groan and it's not just the world. It's it's us Christians too. verse 23 and not only the creation. Right. But we ourselves who have the first fruit of the spirit. We're bought at a price by Jesus and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. And yet we groan inwardly and we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of Of our bodies. You can be honest. This Christmas. You can groan. This Christmas. You can grieve. This Christmas. You can feel the pain of loss. This Christmas. It's real. But while we're being honest. Let's keep being honest. Don't miss where these Romans 8 verses are sandwiched. Verse 18 Paul says, for I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us. He doesn't say your suffering's irrelevant. He doesn't say don't listen to your suffering. He doesn't say ignore your suffering. He says there is something greater than your suffering. 
There's something that rings louder than your suffering. Verses 24 and 25, he says this, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You can't see it right now if you're grieving. You can't see it right now if you're in pain. You can't see it right now if you're groaning. But there's hope. Hope that rings louder than your suffering. That's how Henry Wadsworth Longfellow can finish the song. The gospel has not yet silenced suffering and strife, but the gospel reads louder than anything else. He says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. What Jesus did at the first advent paved the way for the second advent, that means Jesus is coming again. And when he does, he will bring forever peace on earth, goodwill to men. There will be no end to it. Your tears will be dried. Your pain will be gone. Relationships will be mended. Eternity will be spent exactly as it was designed to be forever. There will be peace on earth. And the good news is that that hope even gives us peace for today, our final verse, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today. That's not a promise for the future. That's a promise for today. Jesus, that tiny baby boy, the Prince of Peace, be born in that stable, would grow up, become a man, lived for 33 years of absolute perfection, never sinning, would go to the cross, he would die there. He was not a recipient of peace. He was a recipient of torment and crucifixion, and he would die in that place, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin, makes it possible for us to be reconciled to God. That's the promise of of Christmas, not the absence of things that mock the song. Right? He says, things... All over this world, mock the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Turn on the news for five minutes. The song is mocked. Where's the peace? Maybe this very year you have felt the absence of that peace, but it rings louder because of the gospel. Hope rings louder than all of those things. Can you hear it? Is your hope anchored in Jesus this Christmas? Or is it anchored in... Financial alleviation. Is it anchored in relationships being reconciled? Is it anchored in your kids being happy tomorrow? Or is your peace anchored in the Prince of Peace who died, was raised from the dead, and is coming back again at his second advent to bring peace forever, and in the meantime says, I can give you peace that defies everything that logically is going on around you. In the midst of the chaos, you can have peace. When your kids are done with the toys at 3.30 tomorrow, and they hate them, you can have peace. Right? When so-and-so says something at the dinner table tomorrow that just goes right through you, you can have peace in Jesus. It sings louder than the chaos. 
If you're not a Christian, trust Jesus today. In John, when it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only son sent from God. You back up two verses, it says anyone who believes in him, this Jesus, that he died on the cross, was buried, raised from the dead. Anyone who believes that can become children of God. You talk about peace. I mean, and you might not have memories of peace with your father. I don't know your situation, but God is a perfect father. And he says, I will be your father. And all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about that, let me know. If you are a Christian, here's my challenge to us today. The gospel rings louder than anything else. Are we listening? Are we listening? Or are we so caught up in the hustle and the bustle? And I get it. That we're not listening. The gospel rings louder than anybody else. We're going to celebrate communion for the last time in 2022. This is an opportunity to listen. And trust me, it doesn't have to be quiet in here for you to listen. If it did, there's a handful of us who would never get to listen. Because these are your kids. But you can listen. As you take the styrofoam cracker thing, and break it in your mouth, you can remember the broken body of that little baby boy who grew up and took the punishment for your sin on the cross. As you drink the juice, you can remember the shed blood of Jesus, and you can listen. Take advantage of this opportunity. It's going to quickly pass by us, and we're going to move on to the next thing. Listen during communion, and then tomorrow, and even tonight during the festivities... The gifts, the songs, the taste, the moments of the season that are about to come, please let go of your expectations. Let go of your busyness. And listen. There is not a single thing that can happen tomorrow that can make you happier than Jesus promises to make you. There's not a single event or moment that you can video on your phone or post to your Instagram that can give you more peace than Jesus. Please listen. I'm saying that to me too. Listen. The season's almost over and then you're going to start hearing all the guilt of the new year, all the things I didn't get done and now there's all this overwhelm of the year to come. You better listen. Jesus says, peace on earth, goodwill to men is yours. Will you listen? Because of Jesus, God's promises of peace on earth ring louder than anything else. Might we be among those who are listening? Merry Christmas. God, thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to reconcile us to yourself, that we might have peace with God through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Might we listen? This is a busy season. I don't say that scoldingly. I need to listen. I'm in the group of people that need to listen. I say that as an invitation. Might we be among those who listen this Christmas to you whispering to us, peace on earth, goodwill, to men at the cost of your own son's life. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts. We exist to experience and embody redemption and renewal in Christ alone. And we'd love for you to experience what God is doing as Jesus builds Mercy Village Church. Connect with us online at www.mercyvillage.church. Thank you.